Welcome to our weekly text-based study of a mimer. Which mimer are we learning? Maim Rabim. Maim Rabim. Great. What is Maim Rabim? Literally translated? Many waters. Okay. And figuratively, what does it symbolize in our lives? Financial worries. Okay. And we started off, uh, where, by the way, the expression Maim Rabim itself is a phrase from scripture. Where is it from originally? Shira Shiram. right. Where it says that the many waters cannot extinguish the love. So you told me the many waters are the financial worries. What's the love? Our love for Hashem. Our love for Hashem. So you might think that coming down into this world and being given a body and all the concerns that a body has to deal with is going to distract us from our devotion to Hashem. And here's the twist. No, actually it won't. And then as the Mimer explains, you want to know something? Not only will these problems not diminish our love of Hashem, but it'll actually rev us up and get us to express even more love of Hashem. That through the challenge of embodiment, we will actually rise to a higher level of closeness with Hashem. And uh, I just want to review the, the mimer so far, because we're going to finish it today, God willing. One of the things we're asking about that is just from a Kabbalistic perspective, the mechanics of how that's supposed to work, because we know that the Maim Rabim come from Taihu. Taihu is this chaotic level of intense creative energy called lights and very flimsy containers called kalim or vessels. And uh, it's a very lofty level. That's where the Mayim Rabbim come from. So how can the soul possibly not be overwhelmed and dominated by that? And we said, well, because uh, even though normally we say this, the, the Mayim Rabbim from Tayhu and the soul is from Tikkun. Tikkun is lower than Tayhu lower, so to speak. We're not talking about higher or lower spatially, but uh, Toyo was a, was, a, was a prototype for the world, and then Tikkun was the, the one that they actually launched. Uh, remember we said that Toyo didn't work, it was unsustainable, and then Tikkun is sort of the, the corrected version. And why is Tikkun sustainable? Because these very robust vessels, which is another way of saying, or maybe a nice way of saying, a lot of concealment. <laughs> like a lot of the creator is hidden behind creation. And that's just the nature of it. That's what's sustainable. But at any rate, so the soul comes from Tikkun. Um, and the Mayim Ram come from Tayu. And seemingly, how can the soul overcome the, the, how can the soul that comes from Tikkun overcome the Mayim Ram that comes from Tayu? And we said, well, i got news for you. The soul is actually from Atzmos, from Hashem's essence. Cool. Then we said, okay. So we got a new question. If the soul is already from Atzmos, then what's this whole, what's the point of it all? In other words, there's nowhere to go from there. There's nowhere, there's nowhere you can go higher than Hashem's essence. You could say, if you're talking about a, a lofty spiritual level, but it's still a level, so levels have higher levels. But Atmos is not a level, it's the essence. So how can the soul get any higher than it already was? What's... What's the purpose of this, of this embodiment? So we said, actually, 
it can get higher. Up there, it's a tzaddik. Down here, it becomes a baal And that the embodiment experience is to allow the pristine, perfect soul to experience the challenges that will make it go from being a tzaddik to a baal um, remember all this? Sounds familiar? So wait, every okay. Baal, Baal Tshuva was originally a tzaddik? Every tzaddik needs to become a Baal Tshuva. And every Jewish soul is a tzaddik. And will, therefore, ultimately become a Baal Tshuva. And as we explained previously, I guess it requires clarification again. We do not mean Baal like people use the expression. They say, hi, meet my friend. He grew up not religious. Now he's religious. He's a Baal That's not what Baal means. It doesn't even mean like the way people mean it when they say, oh, this guy uh, grew up religious, then he did some sins, and now he doesn't sin anymore. He's a Baal That's not what it means. Chova means, why? I'm in the middle of answering your question. Chova means getting closer. Why do you have to do sins in order to need to get closer? That's the whole point here. We're explaining that the soul goes through embodiment in order to have a springboard, so to speak. We call it a descent for the sake of a subsequent greater ascent. You read a Litzedach Aliyah. So the Teshuvah, the returning, it's not returning from sin. Why do you have to go as far as sin in order to require a return? The return is from the challenges of embodiment which make you feel separate from Hashem, but then force you to become even more consciously close to Hashem. And that's the whole point of embodiment. Okay, but this is review. I don't want to get sidetracked. I don't want to get sidetracked. This is just review. Okay, so last week where we left off, do you remember where we left off? Where did we leave off? The end of chapter 5. What do we say? I'm going to make a bracha. Baruch atu adina. Okay, I'm going to make Where do we leave off? What was the last thing we said? Remember? Was that memorable? So we said this crazy concept, which really I want to repeat because it's so difficult to understand and wrap our heads around. We said that Nimloch, which is a medrash, with whom did Hashem consult before he created? With whom did he consult? Well, how can he consult with anyone? He didn't create. Okay, so obviously the entity with which he's consulting is something that doesn't need to be created. Meaning, I guess in a certain way you could say he's consulting with himself or an aspect of himself. You ever talk to yourself? Sure, we all do. So that's what we're saying, exactly. You're right. But you're you're ten steps ahead of everybody else. <laughs> so Hashem is speaking to himself, so to speak. In his self, as it ultimately becomes expressed as the embodied souls of the Jewish people. But they're not embodied yet because 
there are no bodies because there is no world because there is no creation, not even the spiritual realms of creation. So he consults with that aspect of his essence, which will in the future become the embodied souls of the Jewish people. And for Hashem, past, present, and future is all one. So he's not really limited by the fact that it hasn't happened yet. And what's happening is he sees what's going to happen when the soul has the embodiment experience. And based on that, he says, yes, let's go for it. Let's create. So basically what we're saying is that... your embodiment, whatever you think about it, whatever your opinions might be about it, apparently your embodiment or the idea of it was sufficient motivation for Hashem to begin creating. So when we speak about the soul becoming a Balchuva, going from Tzadik to Balchuva, what we're really meaning is that this transformation is the motivation is the underlying pleasure that Hashem derives from creating. And of course, as we said, for Hashem, everything past, present, and future is all one. So then why does he have to do it at all? So we spoke about the idea of potential and actuality. That Hashem wants this to happen in actuality. Meaning not just as an idea, but it should happen even on the lowest planes. Meaning in physical, real time. Okay. That's a review. So I want to just start now chapter 6. And I want to finish this mimer today. Um, So everybody who has been here for all the classes, everything I said just now sounded familiar. If you weren't here, obviously this question does not apply to you. If you've been here for all the classes, everything I just said for the past 10 minutes made sense. It sounded like, yeah, I think I've heard that before. Yeah, you know where you heard it? Right here in this room. Okay. All right. Should we do it? Chapter 6. Great. All right. We can connect all of this with the concept of and Jacob went on his way. This is a verse. Jacob went on his way. It's actually, if you want chapter and verse, Genesis 32, 2. Um... It's actually next week's Parsha, but it's interesting. We started this mimer in the week of Parsha's Noyach. This mimer originally was said in the week of Parsha's Noyach, which the Rebbe is going to talk about momentarily. But it's just interesting, because next week is going to be Vayetze, and that's when, yeah. Okay, but at any rate, okay. So, and, and Jacob went on his way. Jacob went on his way. He left. Okay. So... This verse, I don't want to so much talk about the context of it in the story of Yankov's life. I want to explain to you how it's used as an idiom, specifically as a Hasidic, or even more specifically as a Chabad Hasidic idiom. As you know, Tishrei, the high holidays, are a very special time of year. And it's almost like a total departure from the regular rhythm of life. But eventually, the high holidays come to an end, and you have to go back to regular life. 
that is referred to, the phenomenon of transitioning from the high holidays to <clears throat> regular life again, is referred to as the Yankiv Holach Ladarke, and Jacob went on his way. Now, the reason that expression is used is also is the idea that many Hasidim would come to the Rebbe for Tishrei, whether we're talking about in Crown Heights or even back in Lubavitch, where they would come to the Rebbe and then at the end of the high holiday season, they got to go home. So the Yankiv Holach Ladarke, like, okay, now all of a sudden, Lubavitch empties out and people start leaving and going back home, wherever they came from. But it also means this basic idea of the high holidays are over, now go on your way, you know. You gotta go, go back to your life, whatever it was, wherever you came from. So the expression that's used, and they'll announce it actually, it's like a custom, that the Gabai and Shul will actually make an announcement, the Yankiv Holoch Ladarke, meaning... You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> More like when they close out the bars. Okay. Yeah? What was actually happening in the Pesach? Where was Yaakov coming and going? He was done with all of his adventures and everything, and it was finally time to, like, settle down. Okay. So. What's Isruchag mean? There are different times when they announce this. Yankiv Holoch Ladarke, like many things doesn't mean one thing. You've encountered this, I'm sure, learning with me in the past, that when you learn a new term and you memorize that it means one thing, you will soon find out that it means other things as well, depending on context. Right? Okay. So, on one level, the Yankee Holocaust happens, okay, I'll use the word you like, on Isruchag. It happens right after Yom Tov is over. Meaning, we started the high holiday season with Slichus, and then we had Rosh Hashanah, we had Oses Mechuva, we had Yim Kippur, we had Sukkis, and then the crescendo, the climax of Shemini Atzeres, Simchas Torah. And then the next day after Isruchag is, okay, everyone, go home, get out of here. But it's not necessarily so black and white like that. There are stages. You got to come down. You got to. Come down incrementally. Don't just suddenly get thrown out of the Tishrei mode. So there are phases of the Yankiv Holoch Ladarke. Um, one of them is Shabbos Bereshis, or after Shabbos Bereshis, meaning even after Simchas Torah is over, but we're still in the Tishrei High Holiday mode until. Shabbos Bereshit, Shabbos, remember, Simchas Torah, we end and re-begin the Torah, and then the following Shabbos is the Shabbos where we read the first Torah portion, where we read Bereshit. So then after Shabbos Bereshit, then you say, now it's V'yankiv Holoch Ladarke. Now, now, now we're, we're, we're done with the high, high holiday season. However, even that is not necessarily the ultimate V'yankiv Holoch Ladarke. We stretch it out. You see, we... we we taper it off. We wean you from the Tishrei experience. After Parshas Noyach, that's another of a Yankiv Holoch Ladarke. And if you remember, when was this Maimon recited? Right. And actually, Motzi Shabbos, who was the Saturday night after Parshas Noyach. And you remember I told you the circumstances of the recitation of this Maimon. The Rebbe was reciting this Maimon from his room. I told you that the Rebbe had a massive heart attack. Right. 
on Shemini Atzeres. Okay. So, basically, the entire time from the Rebbe's heart attack until the time of saying this mimer is all the period of a Yankiv Holach Ladarkei. Okay. Um, by the way, yesterday was Rish Chedish Kislev, which was the day that the Rebbe actually finally left his room. They made his room into an ad hoc hospital room. And then finally, Rish Chedish Kislev, he was able to go home for the first time after the heart attack. But at any rate, okay. So the Rebbe says now, everything we've been discussing about the soul leaving its pristine level and coming down to embodiment and then becoming a Baal having to return to Hashem, and then that bringing out greater love and greater intensity and greater closeness, that really also, that same paradigm <coughs> can be applied to what's happening right now to all of us. That we are now experiencing the Yankiv Holoch Ladarke. Shibamotzi Shabbos Parshas Noyach. After Parshas Noyach, now it's time, okay, really, really, we mean it now. The Tishrei season is over. It's really time to get back to your regular life. That even though once Tishrei is over, meaning, I guess, Rish Chedish Cheshven, then you could say that Yankiv went on his way. And what we mean by that is that he's going to his, he calls it Inyane Rishus and Uvdin Dechayel. That means mundane activities. Because Tishrei, what are you doing the whole Tishrei? Davening, learning, mitzvahs, you're in shul all day. It's a whole different mode of life. You barely work. If you travel to go be by the Rebbe for Tishrei, you're not working. And now it's time to go back, go back to your regular life. In fact, you may even be returning to Mayim Rabim, the Mayim Rabim that we've been discussing. You had a respite, this whole Tishrei was beautiful, you were in the zone, you were spiritually connected, and you almost forgot about the bills that you have to pay and all the emails that you have to answer. And now it's reality setting in. You stretched it out as long as you could stretch it out. Now Parshas Noyach is over. It's like you really got to go back to your regular life. I'm going back to the Mayim Rabim. Back to the grind. So the Rebbe says, Mekol Mokim, nevertheless, Al-Yidei Gufa. Through this itself, you get a greater elevation. So don't be afraid and say, oh no, this wonderful, uplifting experience has come to an end and now I'm coming crashing down. No, 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 no. You're not crashing down, you're going up. How am I going up? I'm going back to all that mundane stuff. Yeah, but that's the real elevation. The real elevation comes, just like the soul doesn't get elevated by remaining in heaven, the soul gets elevated by coming down here for its embodiment experience. The real spiritual elevation is not the high holidays. The real spiritual elevation is after the high holidays when you return to your regular life. 
Now you're going to say, if that's the case, why do I even need the high holidays? Well, maybe it's because it gives you the energy and the perspective and the clarity and the motivation to properly enter your regular life. But the ultimate point is what you do in your regular life. The ultimate point is not what you do during Tishrei. The ultimate point is what you do after Tishrei. Maybe you need a Tishrei in order to get your head on straight so that you can go into your regular life with the right goals. But the point is the, is the regular life. Yeah. It is very consistent with the overall worldview, correct, of Chassidus, yeah. that the whole point is Dira Betachtainim, a hundred percent. Okay. So he says here, yeah. I am trying to reconcile what you're just saying about the Yaakov Halachsederko with this year in particular. No, I don't know. I'm not, no, no, because you're going to ask me why the bad things happen to good people. No, I'm not going to ask that. What are you going to ask me? I'll rephrase it. Um, <laughs> You're going to ask me why bad things happen to good people? Yeah, well, why? Ah, I knew it. Okay, fine. Well, the timing. This year, <sighs> that Yosef Halakh yeah. was extremely... Um, we didn't even get a chance to settle down because on Simchas Teda, we were already jolted out of our holiday spirit. Exactly. All I will tell you is I have no answers to things like that. Hashem will have to answer for things like that when Mashiach comes. And uh, what I can tell you is that if you learn this mimer properly, it will probably help you to do whatever you need to do in your individual life to integrate the experiences that you've had over the past month. That's what I'll tell you. I'm not going to answer the big philosophical questions because I don't know. But I do know that learning the mimer will give you the best possible chance of using these experiences in the most productive way for you as an individual. That's what I know. Okay. So we really need... You need to learn the mimers, but what you need to do. Okay. So through the going back to your regular life, this itself elevates you. Shana it turns you into a mahalich. Mahalich is a buzzword. I'm going to teach it to you. Mahalich, I mean, literally means a walker, a mover. In Chassidus, we often refer to the concept of a, a neshama is a mahalich, and a malach is an oimid. For the malochim are oimdim. The source for it actually comes from... Uh, a verse that uh, describes so Zechariah sees a, a vision of Yeshua, the Kain Gadol, and he's standing in the heavenly court, and he's describing he, he's, he's being described as standing among those who stand, or he's progressing, he's moving, he's walking, and they're standing. So Chassidus takes this verse and explains, well, he's an Ashama, so he's moving, and they are the heavenly core, are angels, so they're standing. What does that mean? Spiritual, um, I'm, angels and souls are both spiritual entities. But they are categorically different. In that 
angels do not have the possibility for incomparable growth. Souls do. An angel moves around. Yes, we know about that. They, we read about how the angels from the lower level get all excited and they run up screaming to the angels on the higher level and they say Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. But they only just move within a, within a framework. They can't leave the framework. Their movement is very boxed in. Their elevations are within a within a limited within a limited uh, structure. Souls, however, can have an elevation which is completely incomparable, off the charts. And the reason is because souls have the embodiment experience where they are tested. And as you know, according to the risk is the reward. So the existence of an angel is relatively safe, and therefore even its movements, meaning even when it spiritually grows, it's incremental growth. Even when it's elevated, its elevation is comparable to its previous standing. A soul undergoes an, an incredible risk, and therefore its growth is incomparable. Where it's able to reach is completely off the charts, from its own previous standing. So that's why it's called the Mahalach. So the Rebbe says that, remember, Jacob goes on his way, means that now that the high holidays are over, you have an opportunity by going back to your regular life to become a mahalach. He's sort of saying, we're not just saying time to leave the, wherever you came to spend the high holidays. Now leave. Mahalach means you know, go, go home. What we're saying is there's a, there's a deeper meaning. Mahalach means incomparable growth. So the incomparable growth, the hiluch, the movement to a whole new level that's incomparably greater than whatever you were at before, that's coming from your return to your mundane life. Again, using the words of the verse. Yeah. According to what you just said, an angel is not a soul. Correct. Okay. So when someone gives somebody a compliment and they say they're such an angel. Oh, oh yeah, that's mala. right. Yeah, you're such that's a mala. Really it's a terrible compliment. It's like a put down. It's a put down. You're right. <laughs> That's right. So you should say you're such a soul. You should. <laughs> what a, what a By the way, you know what else you shouldn't say? The, but everyone says it. Oh, you're such a tzaddik. Don't call me a tzaddik. <laughs> Balchuva. I'm a tzaddik. Balchuva. You're right. But this is the way that people talk. People say they don't know. They, well, you know, we have to educate them. We do have to educate them. That's why we're learning the mime. We're going to put it out on YouTube. And eventually people will learn. And then The angel thing is probably from Christianity. Probably Christological. You're right. Probably Goyish. It might be. It might There's be. There's no They're female angel. It's only one, right? I don't know about angels. I don't even care about angels. Okay. Angel food cake. <laughs> what? Yeah. The wording, okay, so based on this wording, just yeah. the descent creates the 
how we experience the challenge. Like, let's say we... Oh, 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 so you're right on point. Okay, this is the next line. This is the next line. So you're asking, all right, so what's this information you're telling me? How does this translate? Okay, this is literally the next line. All right. Vyadiya zu. This knowledge, meaning what we just said, knowing what we just said, and he says in brackets to reiterate, what is this knowledge? That descending back into your, your mundane affairs is actually going to cause a spiritual elevation. What does that do? It brings about that your progress should be joyful and with a glad heart. In other words, coming down into the physical world, and more specifically, coming back to your, 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 your mundane life after Tishrei, it's going to make you into a mahalach. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause you to progress in, in ways that no spiritual experience could cause you to progress. But knowing that will make the difference that you'll experience your progress joyfully. That's the only takeaway here. You're going to progress either way. <laughs> but knowing that this is what's happening is going to allow it to be joyful. That's what you're getting here. Either way, the soul is going to get an ascent from going through the challenge. But knowing that that's what's happening is going to allow us to do it joyfully. Okay. What do we need to do? It's different for everybody. Whatever it is, whatever your list is, whatever the stuff that you were supposed to take care of that you put aside because you were in Tishrei mode and now you got to go deal with that. Some of us have a business to run. Some of us have a family to run. Some of us have uh, communal obligations. Some of us have bills to pay. Some of us have health issues to tend to. Uh, some of us have to... Uh, do our uh, canning for the winter. <laughs> Whatever it is. You have canning that you got to do for the winter? Yeah? Okay. I don't know. You got to go stock up on the pectin. Is that what you use? The pectin to make the jelly? The, am I right? Is that a thing? If you're making jelly? I looked into it once, and I wanted to do it. I thought it would be cool. It was one of those projects that I almost did. I have thousands of cool projects that I almost did. Okay, but I, I realize it's not my shlichus in life to do a bunch of canning. But if it is your shlichus in life, then that's how you're going to have your elevation. Whatever, that's your it. Okay. That's your it. Okay. Is it like a trust issue that makes you deliver it? Is a trust issue what? Is it like you get the trust that you know that you're doing this for purpose of I mean, you could call it trust, meaning that you... that now you realize that there's meaning to it. Like, there's a purpose for it all. Like, I was just forcing myself to go through it because I thought I had no choice. No, 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 this is it. You're in the right place. Like, enjoy it. Appreciate it. Okay. Valderich Mashakosov Gabi Yankiv, like it says about Jacob, Ve'yisa Yankiv Raglov Goimer, Jacob lifted up his feet, that he heard good news. Okay, so it says that when he went on his way, he describes it as he lifted his feet. 
What does it mean he lifted his feet? So Rashi explains that he had just gotten good news from Hashem, and he was uplifted, and so he walked very lightly. You know, he was, what do you call that? Like when you're, what, there's, an, there's an English expression, idiomatically, when you're, you're like walking on air. Yeah, okay, so. Sauntering? No, not sauntering. Sauntering is like, I'm going to go beat somebody up when I'm sauntering in there. <laughs> Who, who's going to fight me? I'll beat up any man in this bar. That's sauntering. No, like he's walking on air. Like he's walking lightly. Why? Because he's very happy about the mission that he's going on. He knows that it's good and he knows it's all going to turn out well. So basically what we're saying here is that the, the Yankiv Holoch Ladarka isn't like, oh, he's back to reality. I had such a nice dish today. I guess I have to wait another 11 months to feel inspiration again. Uh, go back to my life. No. Yankiv Holoch Ladarka is Vyisa Yankiv Raglov. Your feet should sort of just lift themselves because you're walking with joy, with a light, easy heart. You're, you're, you're feeling good about this. This is awesome. Going back to where to where my, my elevation's going to happen. This is awesome. Okay. V'zeh poyel And then this causes that your aveda, the work that you do, will be done in the, in the best possible way. It'll cause you to do your work on a level that surpasses limitations, which we call with all of your might. So follow the, the chain here. You're going back to your regular life anyway. But now you know that this is where it's at. This is the ultimate purpose of it all. And now it gives you uh, an emotional boost. You're feeling good. And now you're feeling good, so you do your job better. So it's a... Uh, yeah. Well, he said very clearly that when you go back to your regular life, regular life, ladarkai, darkai means your way. By the way, when he says darkai, he went on his way. His way meaning his life, his regular life. Meaning you've been for for a month, you've been living like an alternate life of this spiritual bliss, which we'll call the high holidays. Now it's Ladarka, you got to go back to your life. So, what, we, what we're asking is the Maim Rabin part of it. Yeah, he said clearly that going back to Darka, your regular life, he says it can even include Maim Rabin. He doesn't say it's for sure going to be Maim Rabin, because maybe it won't be, but that's definitely a possibility. And if that's what happens, great, that's also part of it. But you're not experiencing it as my Robin when you're happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's interesting. It's still my Robin, but instead of it being like this torture, it's like, yeah, my Robin! What? Joy of life? Yeah, sure, why not? So does someone with a lot of Mayim Rabbins get a higher elevation, or we're all getting the same elevation? Oh, never compare yourself to anybody else. Okay. Everybody gets the exact amount of Mayim Rabbin that they need. Right, but just like... So ask internally. Re-ask the question, but 
pretend you're the only person in the world. Bishvili nivra ha'olam. You were ready to just be, stay with yeah, the tzaddik. Now I got the descent. You got the descent, yeah. I'm Yosei again. Right, okay. And so now you're asking. Like, right, so you're saying, like, okay, like, I signed up for a descent, but, like, do we have to really do it to the full? Do I, do I need to have the deluxe descent experience? Right, like, like, I'm, I'm okay with the basic package. <laughs> Basic embodiment package. It doesn't have to be exacerbated with all... T- but, and the, that's why we, we trust Hashem that He knows what each one of us needs for our journey. But you just said today, being a tzaddik, the best, better thing to say is being a Baal Tshuva. Right, right. right but yeah. I'm asking if there are degrees to that. That's in essence what I'm asking. Yeah, there are degrees to it. But don't ask yourself about different people. Ask yourself about yourself. And when you go through, I mean, life has its phases and its cycles. So when you're going through a more intense challenge, so you're also experiencing greater elevation. Sure, of course. Which of me, like, where am I experiencing that? My soul is experiencing that? And if it's my soul, is my soul experiencing that now, presently, through the challenge, or one day? Well, here's the deal. Yes, it's happening now. It's not just it'll happen later. It's happening right now. The question is, if you can, on a human level, be aware of that. How? Learning the mimer. So the point of learning the mimer is this stuff is happening anyway. This stuff happened to people long before the teachings of Chassidus existed, although before the teachings of Chassidus existed, people generally were more intuitive, so they kind of knew this stuff on their own. Uh, it happens to people even today who never learned this mimer and who will never have words to describe this. Um, it'll even happen to people who have a worldview that actually completely misdiagnoses what's happening to them, and they're describing it completely inaccurately, and it's still happening to them. But by learning the mimer, you will be able to accurately describe what's happening. It will cause you to be joyful about what's happening. And then that will cause you to actually do your job even better. On a spiritual plane. But then there's the real feel. That's what I'm talking about. The, the, your, your experience of it on a human level. You're not learning this mimer so that your neshama will do its job better. Your neshama already knows this stuff. This is for the ego consciousness. Okay, my soul is having a spiritually elevated experience, but my physical nefesh habahamis is hurting. Yeah, but I'm teaching my nefesh habahamis chassidus so that it could experience these things differently. So how do I like kind of get the message to the nefesh habahamis? Keep coming to this class. Yeah, good. Don't stop. Don't stop. Okay, let, let's, yeah. Was part of the Rebbe's um, job responsibilities doing fundraising? Why was it having to do it? Money. He, no, sir. What? Oh, did he have to worry yeah. about that? Did he have to go out and get people to give money? He didn't, well, money? if you're asking, he didn't go door to door asking for money. No, but of course not. But was that part of the thing? I mean. Why? What, where are you going? Where are you heading? Did he have financial work? Mime Robin? Yeah, well, is that what you're asking? Did the Rebbe deal with money? On a personal level, the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin lived incredibly simply, incredibly simply. 
um, like I heard, I was never in the Rebbe's house, but that somebody told me he went to the Rebbe's house and he saw the Rebbe and the Rebbetson were drinking tea <clears throat> out of uh, jelly jars. I guess they well, didn't. Yeah, it's very, it's very frugal to use jelly jars Did instead of. Did they use the tea bags too? What, maybe they reused the tea bags. I don't know. What I'm saying is <laughs> they lived very frugally, very simply. And um, so on a personal level, I don't think that ever had much to do with finances. On an organizational level, yeah, that ever was running an operation, multi, multi-millions of dollars, huge operations, huge undertakings, and it all cost money. Uh, that was dealing with a lot of money and dealing with a lot of different people who were dealing with money. Yeah, for sure. On a very large scale, for sure. Giving out the <laughs> yeah, giving out the dollars. Those are singles, though. It looks more impressive. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a bunch of singles. Okay. Okay. I mean, the 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 amount of money that I would give away for dollars is nothing compared to the the money that was being raised and spent, and it was always spending it as quickly as it came in and. There was no, uh, what do you call it, uh, endowment, there, there was no such thing. Because the Rebbe's attitude was always like, there's a fire burning, or there's an emergency. We, like, no one was saving up money. It's like, as soon as we bring it in, we spend it. In fact, maybe even you spend it, and then go cover it by bringing it in. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's continue. So he says here that now you're going to know that this is so meaningful and so purposeful and what you're accomplishing through your dealing with your regular life and you're going to be full of joy. And, now, now, and when you're full of joy, you're going to do your job in a way that surpasses all limitations, which he calls with all of your might. And then he says, because joy bursts through all boundaries. And through serving Hashem in all three facets, what we call Torah study and prayer and kind deeds, which correspond to the three sons of Noach. That's something that's explained in Exodus. Three sons of Noah correspond to the three modes of service. And you're going to be doing it now with this knowledge. You're going to be doing this with, with joy, which is going to enable you to do your job in the most perfect way. That will then bring down to you all of the blessings from Hashem in everything that you need and the three categories, the three general categories of blessing that we all need, family, health, and wealth. So you're going to serve Hashem with the three facets of divine service, and it's going to elicit brachas from Hashem in the three areas of life that we need brachas for, and this is all going to happen in a very joyous way. 
hein baruchnias vehein begashmias, both in your spiritual life as well as in your material life. Ubaruchnias ubegashmias gam yachad, as well as in the manner in which the spiritual and the material become one thing. So there's the material and the spiritual, the spiritual, the material, and then there's the coming together of material and spiritual, where they sort of just become intertwined, almost indecipherable from each other because they feed off of each other in a good way, that one enables the other. Yeah, and that's... uh, that's the end of the mimer. Okay, yeah? So for the person that doesn't experience the lightness and joy of the mimer rabbin, they feel, let's say... Still feeling stressed. Let's say, yeah, they, it's a crisis. Because he didn't learn the mimer, or he did, and he's still feeling stressed? He's connected, but he's not over... Yeah, he's feeling stressed, he's just overcome, he's not feeling light. Okay. So is he able to, to bring down any of his shafa? Just what's his engagement level? Okay. So, you're asking a good question. He just said a formula. Embrace these challenges. Be happy about it. When you're going to be happy about it, you're going to do it better. When you do it better, you're going to bring down more brachas. Very inspiring. But you're asking me a question, and I see, like, you're, like, a little bit concerned. You're like, hold on a second. But that's very inspiring. What that implies, if I don't do it so joyfully, then I'm not going to bring down blessings. Okay, so what do you predict that I'm going to answer? Gradations. Gradations, that's correct. Right, I wasn't, wasn't going to use the word gradations, but yes, I would, I would say that why does it have to be all or nothing? If you can experience even a little bit of, you call it a light feeling, because you realize that ultimately all of your challenges they're not there to torture you. They're not there to destroy you, God forbid. That Really, you're experiencing an elevation. And if that gives you relief for even a second, that's very powerful. And at that moment, you're bringing down blessings. And even if you freak out and get nervous and anxious a second later, doesn't mean that now, oh, send back the blessings. No, no blessings for you. So gradations. Okay, I'll use the word gradations. It's not all or nothing. And if you can just try to build on it, just try to do it a little bit more all the time, and also to understand that this light feeling, you call it a light feeling, that's great. This light feeling is so important, not just because we'd like to feel calm. Obviously, every organism seeks rest. It doesn't want to be distressed. But that's not the point here. The point is that when you feel that calm, there's something spiritual happening. That when you're in the middle of whatever darkoi is your darkoi, whatever your mundane life is, and instead of it stressing you, you just sort of ease into it and say, this is it, this is my darkoi, even my ma'im rabim, and it's causing me to become closer to Hashem. And if you can gain any comfort from that, even for a moment, that's incredibly powerful. And yeah, it is bringing down blessings. And don't punish yourself if you stress out again after that. We, we fluctuate, you know. We're not, we're not always in the zone, yeah. I feel like it's also 
could be that when you're feeling that joy, doing going through, let's say, what somebody else has perceived as a challenge or something is challenging, let's say drinking tea out of a jar, somebody might feel bad, but for somebody else, might feel like that is a blessing. I have, I don't need anything. Everything that I'm getting already is a blessing. Kind of like chakasanga. Like it doesn't mean it will be, but it's the good right now. Maybe it like transform your perception into that everything that is going on right. already is a Right. Well, yeah, also your your opinion about what's stressful may change. Exactly. Like if this were to happen to me, that would be really stressful. And then it's not. It's not. And then it happens. Yeah, and you're okay. Okay, we finished the mimer. So hooray. Can you have some more